Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 212, how food and weight have been in the nine years since I stopped binge eating. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Changeable. So this episode might be a little rambly. Um, There's a lot that I've been seeing and reflecting on uh, that I'd like to share. And um, I'm not sure how it'll go. So we'll just see. It, it might it might weave all over the place, but uh, bear with me. And I actually wrote some notes, which I don't typically do. Um, so you might hear some paper rustling. But I just have a hard time remembering the last nine years of my life. <laughs> I'm probably not alone in that. Um, and it's weird. It's so strange how, um, and so cool really, how things move on, like life just keeps showing up fresh all the time. And then I feel like at one point in my life, I could have, I was very close to the story of the past. You know, I could have, somebody could have said like, oh, tell me about your life or, you know, how'd you get into this line of work or how'd you, how did this happen, whatever. And, and I could have just spouted off the story. And I think I think that's because my mind was really liking to hold on to stories at that time. It looked really important and true and like, this is me and this is my life and all of that. And now it it just isn't so much. And, um, and I love that. I love that. But what it means, honestly, is I have a horrible memory. And I used to, I used to be praised for my memory. Now I have a great memory for some things. Um, when people write on our forum and there's a lot of people, I remember what people wrote years ago. I just, you know, so I have a great memory for things that I care about, I guess. Um, but a horrible memory for a lot of other things, things that happened in the past and all of that. Um, and it's fine. It's fine with me. I'll take it because the, the benefit is that more often than ever, life just feels like now it's just fresh and it's here and attachment to stories is, is not so much. So what I want to share in this episode is how food and eating and weight have looked different to me, continue to, and how some of the, I don't know, just some of how that's gone since my binge eating habit ended roughly nine years ago. Um, and so, yeah, nine years ago is a long time. So I had to kind of sit. I spent a long time reflecting on this and jotting down some notes about things I had forgotten. Um, okay. So, and I know that there's probably, I have to guess that the stats, I don't typically even look at the stats, but I will. And I have to guess that people are going to listen to this episode because I know we love to hear how other people eat and we love to hear the personal stuff and like what's going on for them. And, uh, you know, that's, as human. Um, and although every, everything has changed, a lot has changed for me around food and weight. It's not always, um, it hasn't always just been this nice upward trajectory, whatever that means that our mind imagines it will be. Um, so I'll share some stuff that I'm sure people will love to hear. Um, okay. So this is kind of coming up recently for me because I recently read the book, The Fuck It Diet, um, and also 
Caroline Duner's second book, which is called Tired as Fuck. And I loved them both. And I highly recommend them both. Even if you don't, even if food is not at all a thing, which maybe you wouldn't be listening to this if it wasn't, but um, Tired as Fuck is so good. And it's not all about food. It's partly about food, but partly about other things, uh, like just all the ways that our mind just beats us into submission and and not it's not our mind's fault at all. All the ways we've been conditioned and that we're influenced to just do more and be more and be thinner and do more. <laughs> Those are kind of the themes, right? Be thinner and do more and have more over and over and over again. And I, I love how Caroline's funny and her her books are just written. It's great like summer reading. Um because it's it's the, it, they're hilarious and they're just so relatable and light, but there's such a deep message in there and a, and a reminding us and a waking us up of like, why are we doing the things we're doing? Really? Why are we, why do we even care? Do we even care about the things we care about? Like how much we weigh? Like if you can feel your stomach touching the uh, waistband of your pants right now, like all that stupid stuff that so many of us know that we don't care about. We kind of know that's not my thought. That's not my opinion or my preference, but our brain doesn't know that. Our mind has been so conditioned and brainwashed to value these things and to think they mean something. And and again, it's not just food and weight, although that's a giant one for anyone in our culture no matter what weight you are, no matter what your history with it is. I mean, just looks in general, I think, are are giant um, and weight kind of falls within that. But also, yeah, just money, productivity, career status, whether you're married, whether you choose, choose to be married, whether you choose to have children. I'm so, so much garbage. So I love the books for that reason as well. Um, that it, it, her story is one of just being so run around by societal views and how at every single turn, the beautiful, beautiful wisdom of life and of our body is rejecting this stuff. And when our body and, and when, our, when life and our body rejects what we're trying to do, like when we're trying to live by someone else's standards and it doesn't work, what we typically do is just get harder on ourselves. And I, I have done that so much in my life. And I, I'm sure we all have that, you know, you think, um, I don't know if you're trying to lose weight, let's say you, you think like, oh, I'll just lose the weight and everything will be okay. And probably initially you can lose the weight because it works that way scientifically, but then your body doesn't want to stay at a weight that it's not natural at. So it'll, come back and then we think, well, I did it wrong. What did I do wrong? We don't see the feedback. We don't see, wow, maybe I'm hungry. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm not eating enough. Maybe this is my body set point and there's nothing wrong with that. We think, nope, this is what I wanted. I decided this is what I want to weigh and it's not working. So I better just push harder and I must be wrong. I must be doing something wrong. And again, that goes for and so many things in life. Oh my gosh, career out the wazoo. You, I mean, so, so, so many people who say, well, you know, I don't really love accounting. I don't really love nursing. I don't really love what I'm doing, but it's what I've always done and it's what I'm trained to do and it's what my family. And so can you help me 
um, you know, cope better when I'm at work and not feel that horrible pit in my stomach and have anxiety about going to work every Sunday night? No, I can't help you. <laughs> I can't help you do that because that is beautiful feedback. The fact that you're super anxious and hating your life and hating your work and all of that, like, no, I can't help you override that. That is life showing you feedback. What I can help you maybe look at is why the heck are you doing something you don't love? And that this is a whole other episode that I have uh, I have kind of thought a little bit about that'll that'll come of how we it's so natural and so innocent how we try to use this understanding to just make life go our way to kind of serve our agenda. You know, we think, oh well, I know it's just thinking that every Sunday night I have panic attacks because I hate work and I, I'm thinking about going to work. That's just my thinking, so I should just be able to see that as thought and just push through and continue being an accountant even though I hate it. No, no, you should not. That's absolutely ridiculous and that's not at all what this understanding's about. Would a child do that? No way, no way. A child would say, I don't like that, I'm doing something else. That's how, that's how we can know. And, and big time with food as well. Oh, well, it's just my mind always goes to, you know, wanting a little bit more, but I, I think what I think, what I'm eating is plenty. So I should be able to see that as thought, override it, tell my body to just shut up because we're going to lose weight and I'm not going to listen to you right now. See that that's all just fleeting experience and then proceed to not eat enough, <laughs> proceed to just not eat when I'm hungry. No, no, you should not be able to do that because no matter what you see about life and no matter how how free of self you feel, there is still a body mind here that is that is putting on a show and you are not going to be immune to it. You're not going to just float above it forever and and pretend it doesn't exist. That's not going to do anyone any favors. And it's sure as heck isn't the easy path. It's it's just more willpower in disguise. It's willpower in disguise as enlightenment and and it ain't gonna work. So um how did I get talking about that? I don't even know how I got talking about that. But um, no, anyway, just about the books. The, the books have, were, I loved them. So anyway, they read them or don't, but they helped me see some things. And again, just start to reflect on how things have gone with my eating and thoughts about weight and all of that, um, especially in the nine years or so since I, I feel like I have, well, since my binge eating has stopped. Um, so that's what I'll, I'll share a little bit about, um, when I quit binge eating, uh, even that, as I say it, it's like, I don't, there, it's not like there was a day, right? But, um, I was trying to kind of figure out just for sake of being able to discuss it when it was and how long ago and all of that. <clears throat> My youngest child, Miller, is 10 and a half. Um, I did not binge at all during either of my pregnancies, which I'll talk about in a minute because now I, now I have more insight into why that was possibly. But, um, so I didn't binge at all during that pregnancy, which was about 11 years ago. Um, and then, and I didn't for a while after he was born, but then I kind of started falling back into it. And that's when I said, okay, like, I don't care I don't care what happened. I don't care how much weight I gain. I don't care how this goes. I don't, I have two children now and I 
cannot take the mental obsession with food. That is the part that put me over the edge. And I truly had to say to myself, and by the way, this, a lot of what I'm sharing now is just my personal experience. So please don't hear this as a coach telling you how you should think or anything like that. This is just, just how it showed up for me. But that was at the point where now I have two babies. Um, I, I, I no, heck no. I'm not going to be constantly obsessing and thinking about food. I have more important things. And that put me in that place of whatever. Um, and, and, and a big part of it for me was that what I just said, like, I don't, I cannot control this anymore. I cannot attempt to control my weight anymore. And if that means I gain a hundred pounds and I stay there for life, fine. Now, as I say that, and as I thought it back then, it wasn't fine. I wasn't like happy about that. Trust me. It was not like this moment of total peace and surrender at all. But I was clear that I I wasn't going to be obsessed with food. I, I had way more important things to do on this planet. Um, and, and that if, you know, and that I was just not going to try to control all of that anymore and I would let the chips fall where they may. So at that time, um, I was, I was into the three principles. I was seeing a lot that way. Uh, I was reading brain over binge, um, which was super helpful for me. I had seen a lot of overlap with the Alan Carr work and all of this. And, and as I've shared many, many times, I mean, I just really started to see, okay, these consisted this obsession and these urges to eat and just constantly thinking about it. And then after a binge, the, uh, the equal obsession with um, compensating and restricting and over-exercising, I really started to see that in a more mechanical way, in a way that did not feel like a personal weakness. This wasn't about me. This wasn't about weight. It was just a brain doing what I had innocently taught it to do by acting on this and believing it and being so caught up in it. And that was huge. And and again, I don't even know, like this is all in hindsight. So, but that's my memory of it is that there were massive insights around that of like, oh my God, I'm not a complete loser. I'm not a lost cause. I'm not an addictive personality. This is just simple. It's simple. It's a simple brain doing what it's what it's learned to do. And, and it is not as, um, it can't make me do anything and it will not linger. And I will not feel this horrible, horrible feeling until I eat. That is what my mind was telling me, but that's not the truth of it. Feelings come and go, energy comes and goes. And as I saw it more that way, it really did. And I, the whole thing started to shift and change. Now, at that same time, a part of this that Honestly, I have kind of forgotten over the years. But now when I have been reflecting on this, a pretty big part of this at that time, of my my becoming free of this at that time, was also not restricting and making sure that I ate enough. And I didn't think I knew how to eat enough. I didn't know what that meant. You know, I mean, like like I hear from people every single day, I didn't trust myself at all to know what was enough. And when I was hungry and I didn't think I had hunger signals anymore, I thought I had ruined them and all of that. And and so again, I just share that to say, me too, I was there for a, a while. And I, I know most people who have eating issues are there for a while at some point because I hear from them. Um, 
So to Catherine Hansen's credit, I remember now that it, uh, that it is talked about in Brain Over Binge um, that I think she says, and it's been a while since I've looked at that book, but I think she says pretty clearly because I remember hearing it there that, you know, if you're in this cycle, like stop, you ha- kind of have to stop restricting. And I know I've, I've heard from her recently, like since she wrote, not recently, but since she wrote the book, um, talk about that, you know, that as long as we're in that cycle and we're restricting, it obviously just your, your brain and your body just want to stay alive. They're going to go into survival mode. They're going to produce urges to binge. There's, okay, well, let me just, let me just pause it there. So that's what's going to happen just biologically when we aren't, when we are restricting. And when I say restricting, I mean physical restriction for sure. So if you're not getting enough nutrients, if you're not eating enough, and enough is a sticky thing for people who have a lot of thinking around food and weight because we live our lives wanting to eat just enough and not a bite more because you don't want to get fat. So, I mean, geez, you're always, and I'll just say this for myself, always, my mind is always wanting me to eat as little as possible. Not starving, and I mean this even to today. I just see my mind doing this. Not starving, not restricting, fully eating anything. But it's like, okay, it's like that old intuitive eating thing coming in like, okay, you're good. You should probably be done now. It's just this little check check that comes in from a mind that truly believes that less is better. Now, I don't mean a brain. A brain is just survival focused. I mean, I mean a mind that's been conditioned to believe that we're more worthy if we weigh less or some ridiculous thing like that. So it'll always be kind of erring on the side of, okay, you're good. You're good. You've had enough now. That's restriction. That's mental restriction. So you can be eating plenty. And again, plenty and enough. We don't always know what that is, but you can be, you can be not starving and and just have a mind that's always feeling guilty and always looking for like, always thinking about what you eat yesterday and what are you going to eat today? And, and, oh, you've probably had enough. And it doesn't sound dangerous. It's not a huge deal. It, it might even fly under the radar, but there's still a degree of tension in that. There's still some restriction in that. And when that's happening, just body, mind, biologically, we're, we're going to be so much more likely to then experience a lot of thinking about food because your brain says, hey, we're, we're not free to just do what we need to do here. So whenever there's a chance, we better hurry up and fill up just in case. Brilliant, amazing, beautiful that that's exactly how our brain works. I mean, it's just, it's awesome that it works that way. So look at that for yourself. Again, the fuck it diet talks about this quite a bit. Um, and this, that really is the whole premise. I mean, I don't know if that's fair to say, but that's, that's kind of the main point of the fuck it diet is that, um, when we're restricting, we're just setting ourselves up for all of this innocently. And it, and it's, it really kind of goes to the other side of like, you know, you need to, um, let yourself eat until you're full, until you, you know, you just need to let yourself eat and let your body take over and your mind not be the judge of all of this. So 
in thinking about this again and reflecting now in 2022, reflecting on whatever 2012 or whenever this was, I remembered, okay, that, yeah, that was in Brain Over Binge. And I did, and I worked with a coach around this time who was not a three principles coach, didn't really know any of this stuff, but was more of just a intuitive eating kind of coach. And she knew, she knew, uh, you know, we talked about my binge eating and all of that. And, um, and she knew she was onto this and she was also helping me say, okay, if you want to stop binge eating and you want to stop the obsession, the place to start is with, is by stopping the restriction. So she was very encouraging of me to, um, to eat <laughs> and to just eat anything and that there were no good foods and bad foods. And if I wanted it, I would have it. And even if I wasn't super starving for it, it wasn't about reading the hunger scale and all of that. It's like, if you want it, have it. Stop when it doesn't taste so good anymore. You're good. You know, just, just do what you need to do. And, and I've kind of forgotten about that because I also was having massive insights into the nature of life and that I'm not my thinking and all of that at the same time. And and I guess, the, and it's just my personal interest. I'm just not not as interested in the physical, uh, I don't know, I'm just not, not that interested in the physical body compared to like psychology and spirituality. So over the last nine years when I've helped a ton of people with this, I think the bit about make sure you're eating, for sure it comes up. But it, but it also has kind of fallen, fallen by the wayside, and I feel a little bad about that. I mean, I, I don't know, I'm not beating myself up for it, but it's just how it's gone. And there's been a lot of talk about thought and a lot of talk about leaning into feeling and how feeling is safe and all of that. And, and I, I think that, I think it, it could do people a disservice. I think it's, I think, I feel like this is me attempting to remedy that and <laughs> do you more of a service by reminding you and reminding myself as I've been reminded recently, oh yeah, there's a physical body machine here and it's just going to do what it needs to do for survival and no amount of thought or feeling or whatever is going to make you immune to that. No amount of feeling, you know, seeing things a certain way is going to, is going to change that. So at that time when it when I was fresh in this and really starting to to notice some change in my habit, um, yeah, a huge part of that was just eating and eating things that previously I had said no way, not yeah, eating things that that were on my bad food list for a long time, and as I've shared before, you know, I wasn't really sure I couldn't didn't think I could feel my hunger, so I would kind of look at other people's plates and just sort of eat as much as they ate. And, and then my mind would throw a fit and it will, and yours will too, if you choose to eat more and not restrict mentally or physically uh, and not, yeah, like your mind will throw a fit. There's no getting around that. I don't, I don't think there's any getting around that. So my mind would like how do you know? And it, like, as if it matters, as if there's some, as if you're going to die if you like eat a few bites past full or eat a ton of bites past full, who cares? And that's the, that's the irony is that those of us who have had a binge eating issues, oh my God, look at what we've done to ourselves so often. Look at how that's gone and look at how we bounce back. Yeah, you feel pretty bad for a little while, but oh my gosh, like what an amazing, miraculous creation this is, that it can take that amount of 
of food when someone's not, when you're way past full and that your body just knows what to do with it. And yes, your weight fluctuates a little bit, but I remember even in the throes of my binge eating thinking, wow, like I really should have gained a lot more weight than this even, you know? And, and of course that whatever I gained was not okay, but it's incredible, incredible what a body can do. And, and yeah. So going through that period of time, which again, anyone who's had disordered eating has to go through. And sometimes they call it like a refeeding phase. It's not mentally comfortable at all. But I think it's um, super, super important. And it's something that I had kind of just forgotten about a little bit about uh, as this issue became more in the distant past for me um, over the last nine years. So again, I know I just said this, but I just want to emphasize it. This is not even, part of it is what you're actually eating, but it's really the thinking. It's really the pressure. It's the, um, you shouldn't have had that. You weren't really hungry for it. Or, um, you know, that's bad food or feeling like we need to compensate if we eat something that's on the bad, all the good and bad stuff and all of that. And our mind is really smart. So it will it will give you these rules and put this pressure on you in the name of health, in the, mostly in the name of health, but in the name of all kinds of other things to kind of sneak in. You know, like, oh, well, I, it's not about my looks. It's not about being thin. It's just like, I'm just trying to be super healthy. Yeah, no, no. Look at that for yourself. But uh, yeah, no, it's, that's not what it is 99% of the time, especially if you've had a mind that's gotten wacky about eating. It'll, it, it'll just it'll just frame it that way. And sure, there are foods that have more nutrients uh, than others. Who cares? That That is not even directly related to health. And there, and I don't want to get into that too much because I'm, like I said, it's not really my interest and I'm not that knowledgeable about it. But I, I really feel it to be true that health, um, and again, there's a ton of research on this from smart people that, that this is their thing. But the guilt and the bad food lists and the off limits and the beating ourselves up and the the even even very subtly trying to just eat the bare minimum because that's better there's no question in my mind and this is just my opinion that that is that has to be so much worse for our health than just eating like a normal human being without a bunch of thinking about it. No question. And you know, we all know there's, there's different things are said to be scientifically proven to be healthier every day. And it's always contradicting itself. Health is incredibly complex and it definitely is not, you know, our, our mind that gets a little wonky with food is not going to be the, the end all be all for that. So, okay. So let's fast forward. So, um, things were great. I was, I, f- I was seeing so much about life and thought. I, well, I felt very, very free um, from binge eating and really from a lot of thinking about food and weight and all of that altogether. It just, I was eating really normally, just what made sense. Now, I guess you'd probably call me a healthy eater. I am a regular exerciser, but it, and there, there, might have been times when it was like, oh, I could see my mind getting a little wonky around it. 
but not much. And I could usually just see it and sort of sort of see, okay, yeah, that, that might be trying to speed up again, but let me just come back here and remember none of that matters. Remember all that's made up. So over the last, um, well, from the nine years ago when the binge eating ended till, um, till about a year and a half ago, super, like it was just a non-issue, non-issue a hundred percent. Again, little, little blips here and there, but nothing, nothing that felt like a big deal at all. Um, About a a little over a year ago, I, uh, I was doing something. I'm, I'm, I know this is so annoying when people kind (laughs) of don't want to tell all the backstory, but I had a, a, a medical type thing I was doing and, and I was going to cut out some foods for a little while. Not a huge deal at all. But, and I don't even remember at this point what I was cutting out, but I cut out sugar, I think. I cut out, I know that I cut out caffeine for a while. Um, it was a little experimenting. Even before that, I will say, there was a, there were a couple times like coming home from extended vacations when I just felt kind of unhealthy. Um, and I would cut out some stuff, you know, do like, try to do like Whole30 one time a few years ago after a cruise. <laughs> and um and I felt like hell. <laughs> but most of all, most of all, um, even in that, even in Whole30, I don't even know exactly what that is right now. But again, it's, you know, cutting out sugars and caffeine and all kinds of stuff that's not natural. In the name of health, oh, great, awesome. Yeah, this is a really wise thing to do. But but not far into that, I would notice my mind. And it's like, wow, I just had six years, seven years, whatever it was of like not really thinking about food and weight much at all. And I try to eat healthy and do this whole 30 thing to really boost my health. And all of a sudden I'm like obsessing about cupcakes. Like, what is that about? And, and so I just notice those things. And now in reflecting, I notice those things like, oh yeah, that definitely happened. Now, Again, I'm just sharing how my story and how this looks to me. I'm not at all saying don't try to be healthy. I'll talk about this more later, but, or don't do whole, um, not at all, but just notice where your mind goes. And I just started to notice, okay, well, when I can, I can make some little tweaks, but I also know about my own mind that my mind loves, and I think a lot of minds love to do things like really, really well. So if I'm going to do whole 30, I'm going to do it up and I'm probably going to do whole 60 if I can. And this is my thinking ahead of time, right? And I'm going to do whole 30 like no one's ever done it and I'll probably do it double time and maybe I'll just live my life this way. Like that's just a tendency of where my mind would want to go. Now, again, I was just, you know, cutting out the, the unhealthy stuff and just eating like a normal human on whole 30. But my mind wasn't. My mind was like, you know, check in every day and then thinking about the next day's meals and I could just see it going there. And, and, and again, it just reminded me of where I was when I said, I don't care what I weigh. I just don't want this obsession. I'm like, I I have a life to live. I don't have time to be, to be looking on Pinterest 24 seven at, at recipes. Like, no, this is not, this is not me. This is not my genuine interest. And so Times like that, I would notice that too. And I, when I did whole thirty for maybe thirty seconds, <laughs> it didn't last long. Um, and it's fine, and it's all good, you know. I just kind of, and it's not. I don't. It didn't feel like a failure. It didn't feel like anything. But it kind of. I mean, my my mind didn't love it. 
but it's like, okay, well, the, this is not really worth it to me. So I'm going to just, you know, just see if I can feel a little healthier in different ways and not follow this plan because this clearly isn't something that my, my mind is ready for. So again, that was like years in, I was, you know, maybe four or five years into um, being binge free. And it was a little experiment. It was a little chance for me to see. And what I kind of came away from that even uh, with was like, okay, well, okay, maybe my my poor brain is just still a little stressed out from all that binging and restricting that happened for so long that it's not really ready for something like this. So I'll just go back to middle. So, um, so yeah, so I kind of was in middle for seven some years and, and last spring, so a little over a year ago, almost a year and a half ago, um, I was trying to, I was cutting some things out, uh, to get ready for this, uh, this procedure thing. And, um, and then I noticed it again, same thing. It's like, I, all of a sudden there was just a lot of thinking about food and, and fantasies about binging and all of that, that I hadn't had in years, years. And it was crazy to me how quickly they were awakened by, by this sort of restriction. And again, it wasn't even, I mean, there was physical restriction, but I was eating, but it was more, I know, because i could feel how it was. It was more of just the, I'm going to do this hundred percent. And oh, is there a little bit of sugar in that? Okay. I didn't do it right. It's just all that black or white stuff that wanted to jump in. And then to make matters worse from my mind. And again, I, I say my mind cause it's my story, but I know that this is most minds. Um, if there's any weight loss that happened and there was a little bit of weight loss that happened at that time, wow, look out. <laughs> Because my mind will like, okay, well then this is happening and this has to continue. Like we are not going to lose weight and then gain weight because that's what, that's what happened for years and years and years and it was torturous hell. So to my mind, not to me, but to my mind, it was like, oh my gosh, if clothes get a little loose and there's like a couple pounds lost, which there is, obviously there have been over the last nine years here and there. Um, not much, but a little bit here and there, get the flu, lose a couple pounds. Oh man, look out. There comes a mind of like, well, well, we're not going to gain that back. And then everything just wants to get really wonky and controlled. So I noticed last year, um, that I was having thoughts and fantasies about binging that I hadn't had in seven and a half years at that point, eight years. And I, I share this again, like I think there's a couple things. Clearly what I'm focusing on here is sort of the restriction and mostly the mental, just how, how a brain will feel deprived. And I think for those of us who have been through eating issues, our brain is so, so sensitive to this as it should be, absolutely as it should be. It, it, other people no question can just do whole 30 or, and I, and as I say that, I shouldn't even say no question, but other people can probably do some of this stuff and their brain doesn't get quite as wonky. But again, of course it doesn't have a history. That brain doesn't remember that, wow, we've been starved before. 
You know, we've been stuffed and starved and that went on for quite a while. And yes, it's been almost a decade, but so what? It, my brains have a good memory. So, so there's that. And then there's the thinking again, which I think is so painful that we get into, which is like, we overlook that this is a beautiful, intelligent check and balance survival based thing happening. And it, and it can be so easy to fall into what's wrong with me. How come they can go do Whole30 or Paleo or whatever they're doing and no one else seems to have an issue with it? But look how crazy my brain gets. And then what happens from there is my, I'm different. I have that addictive personality or whatever. And, and that just does nothing but, but make us feel horrible and just make us want to eat. And, and when you feel horrible, even your brain wants to eat. It's like, okay, well, we know the solution to this. Just, just, eat as much as you possibly can so that, you know, if there's another famine, you're going to be, you're going to be okay. So there's the bit about comparing, which we can't compare because first of all, we have no clue. I suspect a lot of brains, even of people who have never had eating issues, if you start to cut out foods and restrict physically or mentally, your brain's going to go wonky because your brain works that way. And especially when we've done that in the past, it's just going to be really, really sensitive to it, most likely. And then there's the having, I don't know how to say this, not having the ability, but I, I guess, I mean, just given what we talk about here on this podcast, being onto the stories and and looking at why, like, why is it important? So, Yes, to this day and maybe for the rest of my life, if I suddenly lose a few pounds for some reason, I was trying, I wasn't trying, doesn't really matter. Uh, my brain is happy. My mind is happy. My brain is not happy. My brain wants to put it back on and keep me alive. My mind, my little ego mind is super happy about that. And so it'll go to work to try to protect that and all of that. And And this is where you know, I mean, so much of that flies under the radar. We just are caught up in it for as long as we're caught up in it. But at some point when it, when it's brought to our attention, when we're able to see that, like just to look at like, why? Really, why? Is it honestly any better? How could it possibly be better to have one weight versus another weight? Truly better. Now, as I say this too, again, this feels like just a complicated stuff I'm not used to talking about. Um, I realize I'm also speaking through the lens of what people call thin privilege. So even at my heaviest and my worst binge eating days, I was, I don't know, maybe 15 pounds more than I am now. And I've, I've never been overweight to the point of, um, being stigmatized or discriminated against or anything like that. So, so I'll just say that, like, I don't know. I don't know. I know I've felt like hell about myself at, at, at my lowest weight. So I know it doesn't, you know, you can, you can feel horrible regardless and we're all subject to that. But I don't, but I do want to say, like, I don't know what it's like to, to have the world look at you and treat you as, you know, someone who has no self-control because of your weight and just all the horrible ways that people are discriminated against. Um, so when I say, who cares if you're this weight versus that weight, 
I don't mean to dismiss anyone's experience. And even I, I know there's, I know there are a lot of issues. Um, but when we look at that just a little bit deeper, or, or again, I'll just look at it from my, through my lens. If I'm 10 or 50 pounds different from, I am, from what I am right now, how can that matter? Like, how would that even impact me? Who, what is that about? Why, when a couple pounds are lost, does my, do all the bells go off in a mind that say, oh, this is good, this is good, keep it this way. That's not, I, I couldn't care less and I know that. <laughs> so there's just so much crap that we're told. There's, it's somebody else's thoughts. They're not even our thoughts, you know. It's just all of that brainwashing, all of that cultural conditioning that makes it feel so important to us. But, but to notice when this stuff's coming up and to be able to just stop and pause and say like, wait, why does this even matter? Why is it better if I don't take that second serving versus if I do? Really? Why is it better if, if my pants feel a little bit looser than if they feel like they fit properly? Like what, what makes that better? It, there's, there's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing there but this crazy empty story that's not even, that we don't even have a personal attachment to. We only have a personal attachment to it because it's looked like ours over the years, but we we were just born into this. We were just programmed with it. So I, I think that's, I think that's really huge. And I think it's a, a huge gift that we're given when our minds do get wonky about anything, about anything at all. And again, I mean, there's, this is, has nothing specifically to do with weight at all. I mean, it can be like, oh, you just got a raise and now you make a little bit more money than you did last year. Okay, why does that matter? Is it going to impact your life? No, not really. But there's a bunch of thinking around it and there's a bunch of conditioning around it and there's a bunch of story around it, you know, and, and that stuff is just so good to see. It's just so good to be onto. Okay. So, um, I feel like I'm starting to just spiral a bit. So I, I, I want to pull out a few things I kind of saw overall, like reasons I'm wanting to talk that I've been talking about this for 40 minutes. Um, I'm going to look to my notes for some of this because this is, <laughs> this makes it an actual, uh, not just a rambly conversation about me. Um, so I guess one thing I did want to, one of my motivations for ha- recording this and having this conversation is I want you to see that um, when this stuff happens, when you've been free of a habit for nine years and then suddenly your mind goes a little wonky around it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, like, it, it's just, it's just <laughs> interesting to see and I, I don't like to say it that way, but it's just feedback. It's just feedback. Like it, for me, it was able, I was able to kind of see and not, not all the time, not all the time, not until I kind of popped out of it and could see it this way. But ultimately I was like, oh yeah, look, I didn't even notice that, that mental restriction and that I thought it was just going to, you know, detox from my cruise and just cut out sugar. And I didn't even notice until I did how how wonky my mind got around that and how it loves a good rule and how it loves a good achievement and how it loves to do everything 105% because 100% is not good enough. Like 
none of that has anything to do with me. That's not me. It's not personal. It's just how this particular mind tends to go. And I think a lot of minds, again, in different ways. And so I want to share that because I do feel like probably talking about the stuff I talk about here, and I know this because people say it, um, it can look like I'm immune to that. It can look like people who have this understanding are somehow magical and not human. And it's absolutely not at all the case. This is not at all about like, oh, hunger wouldn't affect me. (laughs) No, there's a body mind that's affected by hunger as it needs to be in order to survive. It can look like, oh, you know, Amy could probably have all these binge thoughts and just instantly like they just, oh, there's a binge thought, poof, there it goes. No, it's not like that at all. Stuff is felt and the restriction of that is felt and the craziness of that is felt and things can be acted on. When thoughts are there, they will sometimes be acted on. It. So what? None of that means anything. All of this is just how our experience works, like what it means to be a human being. So it's it's not at all, I don't know, I just want to normalize that. I, I, I don't want you to because I just know it's so natural. And when I say you, I don't mean you're all out there thinking this, but it's what a mind will do. A mind makes up these stories of like, oh, when, I, when I've seen things at a certain level, when I've reached a certain level of consciousness, this is how life will go. Well, no. And, and, and it's not how life should go. I don't, like, we still, there's still this body-mind here that's all survival-based. And, and it's not that we're supposed to or that it's even preferable or or wanted to to just have thought be flat and feeling be flat and kind of feel like we're floating above all this experience and just looking in on it from outside like that is certainly not my experience whatsoever and I don't ever necessarily want it to be and I don't know that it's I don't know that it's anyone's experience I don't know okay so the other thing is again just a just a renewed, like unbelievable appreciation for and amazement with how simple life is, how life is loving us, that this is all done for us. And any bit of suffering or struggle, which is fine, happens because we have these minds that work the way they do. But any bit of that is a mind trying to do life not even do life better, but just do life. Like our mind thinks it's going to do life. It's going to manage our health and it's going to manage our weight. and It's going to manage our productivity and it knows what's best for us. And literally whenever, anytime that happens, we're going to hit up against something. Always. This, seeing this about kind of how we don't know what we're supposed to be eating. How could we know that? Our body knows but our mind doesn't know. How in the world could your mind know how much you should be eating or when you're hung- or even when you're hungry? I mean, yeah, it kind of comes through your mind, but it's it's bigger and, you know, I don't really separate mind and body and all that typically, but I just mean this to say like our little ego personal narrative in there, it, it doesn't know. <laughs> it does not know uh when you shouldn't be hungry anymore. And that's a conversation, again, that still shows up for me all the time. I mean, I will, I will go eat and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just eating what I want. I'm definitely eating what I want. I don't restrict anything. I don't have good and bad foods. So I eat whatever I want, 
but I notice a mind saying, okay, this, you should be good now. Like that's probably good. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this, by the way, but it's like, okay, but this happens to me a lot. And I don't know that if this happens to other people who have not had some of this thinking in the past, I don't really see it happening with my kids, but I could be wrong. So I'll eat and then my mind will kind of put the kibosh on like, okay, that's probably a good amount. And then I go back to work and then I sit down or I'm doing something else. I'm like, no, I'm still hungry. And the way you know you're still hungry is if you can't focus on what you're here to focus on and your mind is thinking about food. That doesn't mean that you have messed up thinking. That does not mean you should be dismissing those thoughts. That is beautiful, intelligent body saying, no, more food is needed. Screw your mind. Your mind doesn't know. Your mind might have thought a banana and an apple and a protein bar was sufficient. Well, it's not. If you're hungry, it's not sufficient. It, or or 10 bananas and five apples and an apple pie. <laughs> if you are still hungry, that was not sufficient. And no matter what your mind says, your body knows. So kind of revisiting this with, again, more of that physical angle side of things that I just tend to not be all that interested in, so I've kind of ignored, has really has really kind of given me a newfound appreciation of, you know, of of like, holy crap, it is so simple, so wise. Life is constantly living us and our mind just tries to trumpet and override it in service of its goals all the time. And when we see that and we trust life and we trust our body, this is the miracle of all miracles. And I saw this nine years ago and i never gotten over how amazing this is. When we trust our body, even when our mind is screaming and saying, no, that's too much food. You don't need that. You're not hungry enough for it. When we just let that play out and we trust our body and we just eat and we don't worry about it and we don't overthink it, we stop thinking about it. And that's where I was for, I still am, but was for a good seven and a half years until these little blips that kind of reminded me of what it used to be like, you know? And I just think that's incredible because, you know, if you're listening to this and you've had an issue with binge eating or overeating or anything, like like we all say, oh, I, I, will, I could never be one of those people that just forgets about, you know, ice cream in the freezer or it gets old and you have to throw it away or forgets about or just forgets to eat, you know? And yeah, you could. Everyone could. Everyone can. When we aren't, when we aren't obsessing or when our mind isn't obsessing about it because it thinks it's not going to get what it wants and what it needs. So that, that is just like the miracle of all miracles is when you just eat and you just don't worry about it and you're not full of guilt about it. And again, in the beginning, the guilt's there. You can't, we're not controlling our thinking here, but you're just seeing it for what it is. And when all that dies away and you show your body and your brain that you're willing to give it what it needs, even when your mind says that's too much, it stops thinking about it so much and it just runs without you. And so much is freed up to do other things in life. And there's so many other things in life that are just so much more interesting than food. So can you... If you're anything like me, if you can relate to any of this, then I'll, I can just ask it to, of myself. Like, what about just doing things for, to improve your health a little bit? Doing things that seem like good ideas. Like recently, um, I was having some sleep issues, which I never had. Um, some kind of, what I thought was some kind of hormonal stuff. 
Now, this was around the time when I interviewed um, Tanya Elfersey for the podcast and she talked about menopause. So I think that got in my head. I think that I, I thought that whatever my non-sleeping and stuff was um, perimenopause related. And now I'm not sure. Who knows? Doesn't matter. But, um, but anyway, so that, that happened. And I did a little bit of research and asked some friends. And I have a group of friends who are super into health. And, um, well, I'll talk about that in a minute. But what my little bit of research showed is if you're having hormonal wackadoo stuff happening, um, eating maybe more fats and uh, less carbs, kind of similar to like a keto sort of diet, can be really helpful. Kind of keep your insulin balanced. Um, so I did that for a little bit and right away noticed that uh, it didn't feel great on my body. I had some other health issues come up that I had never had um, and, and noticed, okay, as soon as I'm saying, okay, here's how I eat now, my mind wants to get on top of that and make a plan and do it 100%. And, and so I just kind of naturally backed off of that too. So the, where that kind of leaves me and us is like, oh, oh, okay, there are things that diet can help, right? There are health issues. And like, what if you just want to try to be a little healthier? And what if you do want to make some of these changes? Or what if you have a, what if a health issue comes up and somebody says to you, hey, now you're gluten sensitive, you have to cut that out or you're dairy sensitive or whatever. Can we do that without our mind going wonky? And I think for sure, I don't know that we can do it without our mind going wonky. I don't know that I can. I mean, I think my mind's going to go wonky. But I think that we're not going to answer that question with our mind sitting here thinking about it now. Like in a debate about it or even just in a conversation about it, naturally, your mind is going to want to see, well, how could that work? And I don't think it can. And it's always picking sides. That's just that linear way a mind works. I do think... And I know for myself, I will continue to experiment as I have over the years with little tweaks and little changes that feel like they're moving me toward health. But I think the big thing to see is, first of all, I don't know what's moving me toward health. And it doesn't matter how many scientists and how many documentaries there are about it. It doesn't mean it's right for you or for me or for any of us. So I've seen the documentaries about how wonderful fat is and how wonderful the keto diet is physically and for our health and how horrible the food triangle is. And when I went on keto, I had some issues. And as soon as I started bringing carbs back into my diet, they went away. So who the heck knows, you know? And that's the thing is we're not going to know because there's a documentary about it or because a scientist says it. We're only ever going to know and we're always going to know when we just see how it is for us. And same with all the mental stuff. Can we, can we be in this space where we just experiment a little bit here and there with small things and see how it goes? I think we absolutely can. I think we just, like, like this conversation, I hope, is something that allows us to kind of lean into that place, into that space beyond right and wrong, beyond good and bad foods, beyond rules, and just experiment and just see how it goes. And, and, be on to what's feeling off for us and what's feeling good for us and let that be what naturally moves us forward rather than, and again, I've said it already, but this is so huge, rather than thinking and, and 
<laughs> this is where my mind goes. And even recently when I did keto, this is where my mind goes. I must be doing it wrong. Oh, I have these issues. I don't see a lot of other people with these issues. I must be doing it wrong. Therefore, I either have to do it better or more perfect or maybe for longer or, you know, who knows. But where, and and this is a huge part of my work with people with habits and anxiety and all of that too. It's like, we do, we do something someone someone else tells us to do to try to be free of a habit it doesn't work. Like you set a New Year's resolution, let's say, and you make an accountability chart and it doesn't make you free of your habit. And rather than being able to kind of back up and saying, oh, well, maybe that isn't what's going to do it for me. We say, I'm a loser. What's wrong with me? So everything, and this is just what a me-centered mind would do. It makes it all about us. And I think that's maybe the biggest thing here is like, it everything in life and everything in health, but everything in life is is just being shown to us fresh in this moment. And it's not at all what we think it's going to be necessarily. And it has nothing in the world to do with how it shows up for someone else. We don't even know how it shows up for someone else because we only know our story about how it shows up for someone else. I have no clue what my my friends who are constantly experimenting with these extreme health things. Like, I don't know what their experience is. I don't know if they get wonky and want to binge eat when they do paleo for six months straight. I have no clue. But my mind will say they don't and I do. So I'm broken and they're not. And that's not true. That's, that's just exactly what a mind would say. So I think if we can be responsive, just be curious and just, and just let when anything's okay, any reaction is okay. Um, and it doesn't have to mean a personal failure on all on our part. We can, for sure, as you move away from binge eating and some of these habits, for sure start to experiment and change things and become healthier and eat less sugar if that's what you want or what, whatever it is. But But we just have to kind of let our own feedback be the guiding force. Let life show us rather than have our mind in there always trying to show us. So I guess that's it. <laughs> I guess to kind of wrap it up, you know, I mean, it's just like life lives us. Our body knows. Our mind doesn't know. The personal little ego narrator mind doesn't know. And and isn't that what every one of these conversations we have is always about? Um, but also, you know, that there there are certain things that happen in a body mind and in a brain um, that are so intelligent and so wise and just want our survival. And that we, when we're interested, when we're looking toward this conversation, but we're in a sneaky way, our mind can be trying to use it to serve our agenda and to just kind of look out for that. Like, it's really as simple as like, we don't know what's right. I don't know. It's as simple as I don't know, right? It's as simple as I don't know what's healthier for me. Is it healthier for me to eat really well, but have some guilt and stress about it? Or is it healthier for me to, you know, eat a bunch of cake and feel amazing? I don't, I honestly have no clue. And I don't think anyone does. And if we think we do, you know, we're going to get run around by a bunch of rules. But if we don't know, then we're so much more open to just intuition and feedback and our body showing us and our symptoms showing us and 
not jumping in our head saying, oh, there's a bunch of symptoms, but I'm going to override those because they're just thought. No, just, just let it be easy. Let it be so simple. What would a kid do in this situation? That's always like an amazing guideline. <laughs> what would a child do in this situation? A child who is free of that conditioning and doesn't think there's a better or worse way yet. They're always going to just follow the path of least resistance or what makes most sense in a moment. And that's all we ever have to do. And we're totally, no matter how much you've been caught up, you are so healthy. No matter how obsessed with food your mind might be and how far you feel from hunger signals and all of that, you are so healthy. All it takes is just a little bit of letting go of all of that stuff. And it's at the miracle of all miracles that anyone, if I can experience this, anyone can experience it. Your mind does not want to obsess about food and plans and weight all the time. It really doesn't. It only does that when it feels scared and threatened. And when, the more we can show our body and our mind and everything that there's, there's nothing to fear, that it's all okay, including eating, including weighing whatever you weigh, everything just relaxes and settles down and, and kind of restores back to its nature. Little School of Big Change turned five years old this summer. So much change has happened in five years. People from 55 countries have gone through the school. Over 700 people have been part of our graduate community, many of them for the past five years. The Little Book of Big Change, Just the Thought, and Being Human have been translated into five languages. So much change. So there are two ways that you can celebrate the five-year anniversary with us. One is I taught a free class on Tuesday, August 2nd about how to break a habit, the LSBC No Willpower Way, where you'll see how many LSBC students have found freedom from habits and anxiety over the past five years. So if you weren't able to make that class live, you can catch the replay of it. And two, if you haven't been through the school, you can begin going through the lessons right now totally free. These are excellent introductions to the school and what it does for people for those of you who haven't yet been part of the No Willpower Movement. Simply head over to drimejohnson.com slash five years to watch the free class and to begin going through the curriculum today.